Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. It is Tuesday, second day in Matthew chapter 8. We've got some more faith and some more authority in Jesus, uh, from in fact, Jesus. Isn't it October 26th? Is that what you see on your... Uh, <laughs> I think that's what, what it is. you see on your console? Yes, that is what I've plugged into my console. Okay, we're we're not good. recording over another we, episode. We want to make sure that. <laughs> Get the right one on there. So why don't you go ahead and read then from All Matthew right. chapter 8. So I've got Matthew chapter 8. We're going to read the next section here, verses 5 through 13 from the New King James Version. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Is this the origin of the phrase, the Jesus juke? <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I got to tell you, in my own limited experience, I don't know that I ever heard that phrase until I met you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know where I heard it. But here it is. This Here's this great faith. And Jesus just uses this as the opportunity to say, hey, hey, you guys around here, are y'all looking at this? Look at this. I haven't seen anybody around here that has had faith like this guy. And I want you to know it's folks like these guys are going to be eating with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom. You guys are all going to get tossed out into outer darkness. Well, when you say this guy and these guys, a centurion was a Gentile, wasn't he? Yes. This is going to be a fellow who's a Roman, and he is an officer. And I bet for many in the community, they would not be too excited to see him coming down the road. Mm -mm. Okay, It would mean trouble for a lot of Jews. Now, as I recall, maybe we're given some other details about the centurion and, and other gospels, and that he had done some things to ingratiate himself to the community, perhaps even giving some money for, to help build a synagogue. So, I mean, this was a fellow who appreciated uh, public relations and, and was not trying to be an overtly you know, tyrannical ruler. But even having said that, He's a Gentile. He's other. How is it that the Lord and the Christ could be talking to this guy, could could even do a miracle for this guy? Well, if we're piecing this together with what we see in other Gospels, you know, other Gospels point out that he actually makes this request through some of the Jews. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's some of the Jews that come to Jesus and say, look, th th he's a good guy. You can yeah. go ahead and offer this blessing, and so, so for these, so these just guys, an aiding and abetting. Yeah, these guys, these guys are so magnanimous. Yes, Jesus, please, if you can do anything, go ahead and let go. Go ahead and go, go ahead. 
You, you can bless this guy. And Jesus like, you want me to bless this guy? Let me tell you about this guy. Yeah. This guy is going to be in the kingdom of heaven. I'm not so sure about you people. No, that, that is an incredible thing. People coming from the east and the west, but not the sons of the kingdom. I mean, the sons, the, they're the ones that should be inheriting the kingdom. Yeah. Yes, they are the ones who should be inheriting. They are the ones that have grown up looking forward to the kingdom. They are the ones that have had the prophecies and the oracles and the promises. And he says, here here you guys have this great inheritance. You're going to be cast into outer darkness. So he commends. I'm sorry. Were you done with that? I was done with that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay, man. <laughs> I don't mean to step on you. He, he commends the centurion's faith. And I've not seen faith like that from anyone around here. The centurion, though, in his um, request, says, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. You don't need to come to my house. I understand something about authority and the way authority works. I see a connection here between an appreciation of great faith and an appreciation of authority and the authority of God. That if Christ, not if, the centurion clearly believes because Christ has authority over this sickness or this illness, he can just speak a word and by his power, by his authority, it shall be done. It comes to pass. I, I heard a fellow preach on this one time years ago and it impacted me. He, he pointed out something about this that, that I hadn't noticed on my own is that he doesn't just say that because you have authority, I understand what it means to have authority. He yeah. said, I understand what it means to be under authority, mm-hmm. to be under authority. He's recognizing that as he, he as he a himself, centurion, yeah. he is under authority. Mm-hmm. In other words, he doesn't have authority just because he has it. He has authority because the Roman emperor yes. has vested in his army, mm-hmm. in his centurions. He he is bringing along the authority of the Roman emperor so that when he tells a servant, you go do this, the servant goes and does it. Mm-hmm. The centurion mm-hmm. himself doesn't have to go and oversee and make sure, right, oh, right. if something needs to be done, might as well do it myself. No, no, that's not what it means to be under authority. Being under authority means I, I am allowed to say to you, go, do it, and it'll get done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he says, I- I'm seeing that same thing in you. Of course, it's not that Jesus is under the authority of the Roman emperor. No. It's rather this authority that comes from the emperor of the universe, yeah. of the heavens and the earth. He is recognizing the connection between Jesus and and God of the universe, whatever his conception as a Gentile of, of that actually was, he, he's recognizing you, Jesus, are connected to the supreme power that has authority and rule and dominion, so you don't have to come to my house. Yeah. You can just tell your servants, go heal this guy, and he'll be healed. And I don't know exactly how the centurion imagined or envisioned that. Was Mm. it just the idea that Jesus's word was his servant that somehow, you know, like in Genesis, let there be light and now there's light. Now there's light. Let there be healing. And now there's healing. I think another possibility is, uh, I mean, we learn in Hebrews that the angels are ministering spirits. Does the Roman centurion have a, a picture of spiritual... Uh, armies, spiritual mm. servants, like angelic beings that yeah. are commanded by the word of Jesus so that this healing is carried. I don't know what the imagination or the envisioning here is, but one of the things I grasp in this is that the faith of the centurion right. was that there is more to this world and this cosmos than just what I can see and feel 
and taste and touch. There is some kind of power. There is some kind of existence. There is some type of spiritual plane or yeah, overlay yeah. or whatever you want to call it. And Jesus, that's you have authority there. Mm. You have authority there. And so I know that when you say, even right here, however far away they were from his house, that my servant should be healed, I know it's going to be done because I understand. And I think that's one of the things about the faith we need to have. When we talk about walking by faith and not walking by sight, Mm -hmm. it's a recognition that there is more to this world than what I can see and taste and touch and and look at under a microscope and and measure with a micrometer and, and weigh and bring up all this empirical evidence. There's more. Well, hey, even as you're saying that, it makes me uh, appreciate, yeah, when you have authority, you don't have to be there superintending, like, in the room, and how important that is for Jesus Christ, that, you know, that upon his death and resurrection, we're told in Mark chapter 16 and verses 19 and 20, that he ascended to heaven, to the right hand of heaven. That's where he is, and yet he has all authority in heaven and on earth. We are responsible to know his will and to be about his will, obedient and respecting his authority. Mm. And that is walking by faith and appreciating that, you know, he's not right here that I see him, but he has made his will known. He's directed it and we're about it. And I believe that he, because he has that authority, Mm -hmm. commands the natural world and the supernatural world. Mm -hmm. And because we have this together and we walk by faith and not by sight, I understand that there is more to the cosmos and the cosmology and my worldview than just this naturalistic. I fear, I, I recently read a book called Total Truth by Nancy Percy, and she highlighted this kind of this, this sellout that, that many of us as Christians have done as if we, we're going to go ahead and agree with everyone that all we have is the natural world in order to live in the world. And, and so it's like as we conduct our business every day, mm-hmm. even though on Sunday we talk about our faith in the supernatural, sure. on Monday we live as if the only thing impacting the world is the natural. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what this centurion is showing is a faith that, no, no, we have a world that has supernatural law as well. Here's why I think that's important. We just finished hearing a sermon in which Jesus said things like, if you seek the kingdom, Uh you'll get all these other things. Mm -hmm. And what I'm realizing is that is actually a supernatural law. Yeah, I I get it. If you jump out of the Empire State Building, you're going to fall to the ground and splat. That's a natural law. Yes, very natural. What we tend to think is that economics are also only governed by natural law. And I think it's true. You know what? If you want to eat, what do you got to do? You got to go to work. You got to balance your budget. You got to buy food. You got to grow food. But what Jesus says is, you know, actually there's a supernatural law for those who will seek first my kingdom. I will grant them and bless Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean we ignore I'm no, supposed to I mean, work even and I'm supposed to manage says that. Yeah, if it, a man doesn't there. work, neither shall he eat. But the recognition that when I seek first his kingdom, he is actually working. I don't know the details of that, but what I understand is it's I live in a universe that is governed by the supernatural law as well. And so I don't I don't get distracted by my sight, but oh no, I, if I if I don't seek my food and if I don't seek my water first and if I don't seek my clothing first, I'm not gonna get it. I trust, I trust that Jesus has this kind of authority, that he can speak, and his word will be done. And when I seek first the kingdom, he's going to accomplish his promise. 
I see in this eighth chapter as we go along too how Christ is just uh, including people that perhaps the Jews or even the religious leaders would have excluded for various reasons. You, you've got a leper, but Jesus is including him. We've got now a, a Gentile, the servant of a Gentile, the centurion, but, but Jesus is including him. As, as we move forward, we're going to see others being healed, particularly a, a woman, Peter's mother-in-law, and uh, now she's being included. And you know that the, the, the Lord's ministry is inviting anyone who will to come and uh, call back to the Sermon on the Mount, the people who think that they have it and think that they're already in, well, they're going to be sadly disappointed mm. uh, because it's not uh, about virtue of a social position or a hereditary or sex or anything like that. It's about your heart coming in obedience to Christ. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I haven't thought until we're going through this text talk all these connections as we move out of the sermon into this next chapter. I mean, I really hadn't either, but I, I feel like what we, we've moved from this preaching to now we're practicing what we preach. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. like point by point, which of course we all knew that's what Jesus did, but to see these specific instances of it is is pretty powerful to me. And, and just to kind of put a, a cherry on top of the Sunday here as we consider Jesus and his inclusiveness, I do think the reason why uh, Matthew tells this story a little bit differently. Uh, he's not lying. He hasn't missed things. The, the fact is, if you send a messenger to make a request, I can say you made the request, right, even though you did right. it through a messenger. I think the reason why Matthew sidesteps the messengers involved in this is because he, writing to the Jews, is highlighting this gospel is for Gentiles as well. Mm-hmm. This Savior is for Gentiles as well. Yeah. Of course, that's good news for you and me. Certainly in this paragraph it is. We appreciate you so much being with us today for Text Talk. We'd uh, love to get your feedback. We'd love to get the emails. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. It's time to pray. Edwin, would you lead us? Holy God, thank you so much for your love and your mercy. And I pray, Father, that you will be glorified in us. I pray, Father, that we can be as this centurion, walking by faith and not by sight, that we will come and eat with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom. And Father, help us to get the message to others that they may be drawn in rather than driven out into the outer darkness. Lord God, we love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son Jesus we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.